Welcome to the Everesting Podcast, built by Quarry. This episode is with Francis Cade, who introduced himself to the Everesting community and his own Everesting journey by completing a double virtual Everesting. That's how he got started with this challenge. But this episode is about Everesting on a BMX bike. I'm going to let Francis tell the story. It's awesome and very inspiring and a lot of fun. And uh, I don't think he's done with this either. He chats about that a little bit towards the end. So I think that we haven't heard the last of Francis and Everesting, but it's a really, really fun chat. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the State Bicycle Company, who you can visit at statebicycle.com. They have a variety of very cool and very value-oriented bicycles available there, as well as parts and apparel and stuff in stock. But they do a lot of cool limited edition stuff as well. So it's great to follow them on social media or check back early and often at statebicycle.com. On to Francis Cade to discuss a BMX Everesting. Well, first of all, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate your time. Uh, We are here with Francis Cade, who is, in the Everesting community anyways, very famous for completing a BMX Everesting, which I just watched like about 45 minutes ago in its entirety. Um, I don't even really know where to, well, I do know where to start. Why would you want to do an Everesting on a BMX bike? Because I don't think the video addresses that at the beginning. I I, I don't have an answer for it either. (laughs) Uh, Why why do people do Everest in the first place? Just to see if you can, right? That seems to be the most common answer. Um, But yeah, we, 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 we had the idea. So originally, I've never done a normal Everest. I've done an indoor double Everest. So I've Everest, um, but I've never done a normal one. Um, because I'd done the double, I wanted to add just a bit of spice <laughs> to it. Yeah, you did the double first. Yeah, I did the double first. So that was during our first lockdown. So um, Double the Everesting. And, okay, so let's back up a second to that. Why would you jump right into a double the Everesting? Obviously, obviously, I mean, you're, you're a really active cyclist. So, but that is a massive, massive challenge. Yeah, um, I think it would. I just wanted a big challenge to do that was worth people donating some money to a good cause for. During lockdown, there wasn't much going on. Everyone was kind of sat at home twiddling their thumbs. And we weren't in the UK at that time allowed to ride too far. The guidelines were kind of stay local. Um, So an outdoor challenge was kind of off the cards. Um, Although I guess I could have done an outdoor one and stayed local. I decided to do an indoor one and make it a real big challenge and make it worth donating to. So the idea was to raise some money for NHS charities together, which is like, uh, it basically helps people who work at the national health health service here, um, with sort of packages of food, anything they need at work. And, um, we ended up raising about 17,000 pounds, which was fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, after that, our restrictions did ease and, I'd kind of caught the bug and wanted to do an outdoor one, but a normal one just didn't interest me that much. So I thought we (laughs) were kind of thinking what kind of bike could we use to do it. The original idea was do it on a tandem with one of my friends. And then a week before we found out we couldn't get hold of the tandem. So we were like, what other bike could we do this on? What's going to be easy to find BMX? That was it. And you bought it for 
a hundred quid you said yeah it was a hundred pounds uh it was from a charity in newcastle which is the uh, city where i live now and they're called recycle your bike and they basically uh do up bikes um sell them to raise, to raise money to keep the charity going, but they also donate loads of the bikes to refugees, asylum seekers, uh, children from lower income families, uh, whoever really needs them. So they all go to good causes. And the slightly more obscure bikes that might not be suitable for commuting on or you know using for utility, like a BMX, they sell them to people and then that funds the charity and keeps it going and uh, pays the mechanics and that kind of thing. So we went in there on the off chance looking for a BMX and there was just like one sat right there. So we bought it. <laughs> it was sitting there because it was unsuitable for commuting. It was also unsuitable for Everesting. Yeah. And in, uh, we, we realized that we needed to make it uh, a bit faster. So we thought we'd soup it up. Um, I bought a bunch of parts to, I think I have the fastest BMX in, in the world. You know, this is a street BMX <laughs> by the way. So it's really heavy got really tiny wheels. It's not the same as like, I think there's a guy who's done a BMX Everest, but on like a, one of the racing BMXs. Forgive me, I don't know that much about the racing BMX sport, but you know, in the Olympics, they'll race around a track, right? But it's a slightly bigger wheel, slightly bigger frame. So this is like a street BMX. And I think we got it as fast as we could get it and as light as we could get it. Um, you know, we put slick tires on it. I, re I, I needed to sit down. I needed the ability to sit down while pedaling. Um, for, well, you can edit this bit. Hang on. Let me think what words I'm going to use. <laughs> I wanted to be able to sit down. So we ended up getting a really long seat post for it. Um, put on a racing saddle, some sleep time. I didn't even seat posts that long. Yeah, neither did I. But it all just came together. And I, you know, we, this was four days before actually doing it three days before actually doing it and i was online just looking at what could i get next day delivery <laughs> so you could actually <laughs> you sorted like, it by delivery post, time. perfect size tires perfect size spare inner tubes perfect size like it was all a bit of a rush but it came out and like got an easier gear on it and we, which turned out to be perfect for the climb and yeah it was it was meant to be so does it does it have uh 20 inch wheels uh yes yes so somebody can reach out to us with a with a nerdy chart that shows you know how much of a disadvantage that is to a 700c road wheel but i'm sure that it's enormous so i'll just leave it at that it is enormous an enormous disadvantage to try and everest with a 20 inch wheel i reckon so you know what it was it, it sounds like it would be terrible on a bmx but i actually when I started riding, I was like surprised. I was like, okay, this is actually, this is going, this is a, this is a cool bike. The gear was perfect. Um, only towards the end of the challenge. So like, I'm just got to up my screen here. The total time was 14 hours, um, 14 hours and nine minutes. And the gear only became a problem in the last three hours when I was really tired. Um, for the rest of it, it was just like perfect. So I, I think I was quite lucky in that respect because we'd just chosen a small gear that was available then <laughs> but uh yeah it worked really well really well and it's it like it actually doesn't look that uncomfortable so if some if you're listening and you haven't watched the video you have to do it because this will put this conversation into context but you have a really really long seat post you've really heightened up the handlebars so you have an okay position 
uh, for climbing in, but like my watching the video, like I've ridden a BMX bike and it is designed for you to be low down on it. So the descent looks sketchy at the very least. Yeah, there was, I, 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 because I became an expert riding that descent over the course of the challenge, (laughs) um, I did end up clocking some decent speeds. I think I hit 70 Ks an hour, but it was really twitchy. And I hadn't really ridden a BMX before. Um, in terms of bike fit, the 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 worst bit was how wide the stance was. So how wide the pedals were basically. And I, I really it was totally unnatural. It's like twice the width you'd normally ride on a on a racing bike for sure. Um so that was a bit unnatural, but it didn't cause me any problems. Uh so I was lucky in that respect. But yeah, like I, I like the bike, I've still got it. <laughs> I I don't think you can get rid of it now. So did no, you no. did you reach out to Andy at Hell's Five Hundred to see if anybody had done a BMX before? Like, was that part of the rationale was to to do uh, to make have a first of some variety? I can't remember if I checked if anyone did it before. I think I definitely found a guy. I can't remember if it was before or after who had done one on a BMX before, but it was a larger size wheel. Um, okay. I think. It was a, hungarian chap and he did it to his credit without a really long seat post so he did the whole thing standing up and then after i released this video we ended up chatting and you know he congratulated me i congratulated him on his other one and um he then went and did a street bmx everest without the seat post as well so he's been fine like that that was that's a full BMX street setup. So I was really like impressed by that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was interesting. It was interesting. I would say two people to have done it. That's it's, it's crazy. When we went, so when we started getting ready to, to launch this, you were like right at the very top of Andy's list of people that we had to have on because the BMX thing to him was just fine. (laughs) So do you feel like you have any unfinished business with Everesting? Or are you going to possibly do another one? Um, I mean, the tandem idea is still is still floating. So I think that might have to be done at some point. But yeah, um, you forget how much it takes it out of you, um, that kind of duration of effort. Uh, and, you know, you're written off for a week afterwards. Easily, easily. Um, having said that, I haven't done one on a normal road bike, but I imagine it's not far off in terms of like how, how much it sucks, uh, in a good way. (laughs) Yeah. It really surprised me, uh, how fast it started to suck. I I expected it to take longer before I was like, wow, this sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Like people, how, like a four hour bike ride, that's a long time to be exercising. And that's kind of normal to most cyclists, isn't it? Four hours, you go out, you ride. This, this is like a fast Everest is what, eight, eight hours, nine hours, really? Really fast. Yeah, that's yeah, really that's fast really now. fast. And, it, and, it, and you, most of the time you're on the bike for way longer than that. And out of the door, even, you know, out in the outdoors even longer because the time in between reps and the rest time and all of that adds up so quickly. Um, so I don't know if you found how I thought I was stopping at, I did uh, almost 60 reps for this one. And I, in my head, I was stopping for 30 seconds to a minute at the bottom of the climb. 
I definitely wasn't because the the resultant time at the end was, you know, I must have had two and a half hours of stoppage time, if not more. Because um, yeah. it's yeah. all this by towards the end. Time, the time bleeds away so quickly and in so many little areas. And um, and I was poor, like, I didn't have any mechanicals to stop for. Like, I can't imagine, or even bad weather. Like, and I've seen stories of people doing them in foul weather and getting flats and it gets it gets pretty crazy pretty quick. Well, Def, you have to keep us posted if you're planning on anything else. And where can people where can people find your video and stuff? You have a great YouTube channel. Where else can people follow along? Uh, yeah, just on YouTube, really. It's my name, Francis Cade. Um, and yeah, it's it's got all sorts of cycling stuff on there. But I will, if I do another one, I will document it. Uh, it. That was that was part of the fun as well. You know, just showing people that kind of cool stuff like that is possible and and hopefully inspire some others to do the same so i want to see what awesome. other bikes can do it on have you do you know anywhere any other interesting odd bike choices that uh, people have made yeah well i'm I mean, really just scratching the surface on uncovering some of that stuff i know andy would know more of it like right off the mm. tip of his tongue but uh there's a unicycle for sure which is <laughs> insane i can't even i can't even get start to get my head around that and then there's been at, i think at least one person or possibly two that have wheelied an everest so i don't know what no, kind of bike they were on but. bmx is easy mate bmx is nothing compared to that a wheelie is great <laughs> i mean i can barely wheelie on a flat road like that's okay. yeah so i but uh, i don't i don't but i don't know about a tandem I'm not mm. sure about that. Um, I have seen city bikes, though. That's pretty incredible, too. So, like, those, those like, ride-sharing style bikes yeah. that you can get in some... I, I assume there's some in the UK. They exist now in North American cities. But they're, you know, a very clunky single-speed setup, right? And not... Uh, I, I don't know. They probably weigh 35 pounds. So, that also seems pretty miserable. And then I don't know what you just... Change the gears on them either. You're kind of committed to whatever it, it has on. So you'd need to choose the hill according to the bike rather than the other way around. Yeah, that's right. I think that's correct. Yeah, because I, I know I know it's a very... Like, to, just to change a cassette completely completely changes your ability to to consider certain hills, right? Based on your size and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's huge. Okay, so... Francis Cade on YouTube and uh, you have a in Instagram, Facebook. Uh, yeah, Instagram, same, same thing, same. It's just Francis my name. Cade. Okay. Well, when we so what we're planning on doing is getting three or four episodes recorded, and we're going to launch them all at the same time. So we'll make sure to tag you and everything, and uh, so you're able to share it. And we'll we'll get the word out. Thank you for doing this, Francis. We appreciate it, Hi. and uh, hope if you do it again, we'll have you back. <laughs> oh what an incentive i don't know if i have it in me yet but yeah I, i'll i'll do my best i'll put my thinking cap on i think yeah, um, you'll, now, you'll know there's turn right even more of a suffer fest you know i won't get too hot so there's a positive so yeah <laughs> yeah well the tandem changes the hill selection too right because you've got a now you need a nice bigger wider turn and some yeah. other things to consider right well, just the other person would be that you, you, it would have to be someone you are tight with. Otherwise, you are going to hate them. At the end. You're going to hate them. I remember, honestly, riding the, on the, during the BMX one, I had the friend who I would have had on the tandem with me riding alongside for some of it. And 
he was like, there is no way we would have finished this on a tandem. Not a chance. (laughs) (laughs) State I was in. And yeah, no, no way, no way. But with the right person and the right preparation, you know, ride a bit slower. It would just be 20 hours of fun. You're talking yourself into it. I can see it already. That's awesome. (laughs) Thanks again for doing this, Francis. I really appreciate it. No worries at all, mate. Thank you so much. Thank you to Francis Cade. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the show. If you are able to give us a positive rating review or subscribe to the podcast, that really helps the podcast platform. Algorithms help other people find the show. So thank you for doing so. Positive ratings and reviews, subscriptions. Thank you so much. Uh, and a thank you to Matt Deneff for creating our original Everesting music.